Welcome to How She Got Here, Conversations with Everyday Extraordinary Women. It is my belief that every woman has something inside her only she can do. The more we share the stories of other women who have already discovered their thing, the more it inspires, encourages, and empowers other women to do the same. Hey, Pod Sisters, welcome to part two of Daughters of Abraham. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Muslim Daughter of Abraham member Angelina Tucker. Angelina is originally from Trinidad and Tobago and found her way to Texas via the University of Florida. Go Gators! And meeting her husband. She is a doctor of pharmacy and specializes in geriatrics. She is a mother and also a writer and contributor to the Fort Worth Moms blog. So without further ado, here's Angelina. Hey, Angelina, I am so glad we could chat today. How are you doing? I am doing great, Susan. Thank you for asking. Good. Well, I'm just really excited to have you here with us today. For my audience who doesn't know you, although some may know you, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but for my audience who doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about your backstory, who you are, and what you're up to. Well, you know, Susan... To tell you the truth, I'm just a simple country girl. Uh, you know, I was born in a third world country in Trinidad and Tobago in a beautiful Caribbean island. But even then, you know, I could never have fathomed that I would one day live in Texas or that I would even, you know, enter a male-dominated profession, that I would become a doctor of pharmacy specializing in geriatrics and be in charge of doing consultations for 13 locations. It's, it's a dream. You know, at, at that time, a little girl, I couldn't have fathomed that my faith would take me from an unknown island, a dot in, you know, in the map, barely even, to the steps of Capitol Hill to advocate for religious freedom rights for all you know, minority groups globally. I would say that I found the American dream. I have a beautiful family. We live here in Granbury, Texas. I've got a flourishing career. And most importantly, my underlying foundation is my faith that got me here today. What a beautiful story. Tell us how you got to the U.S. Um, and then how, of all places, you, you said you, you've been to Capitol Hill as well. Tell us how you ended up in Texas. <laughs> Well, I was pursuing my doctor of pharmacy at the University of Florida, and I was doing a distance education. I always knew that I wanted to get my doctorate, and so I was coming back and forth to from Florida to Trinidad and doing several conferences with very intense weekly lectures on one of those trips coming up here. I met a group of folks, and I decided that I wanted to come to the U.S. and pursue my dream, and I met my husband. At the time, he was into computers, he was into cell phones, and we met, and we started a long-distance relationship, and eventually I moved over here, and he asked me to marry him, <laughs> and that's how I, I moved to Florida, and uh, he is a Texan by heart, so my Texas cowboy brought me to his home, and to tell you the truth, I love it. What a fun and beautiful story. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that you call your husband a Texas cowboy. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> that is amazing. 
Well, I know one of the things, um, one of the reasons, well, how we met was through the Daughters of Abraham. And as you said a minute ago, one of the things that's most important to you is your faith. We talk a lot on the podcast about figuring out your thing in life, your inner extraordinary. You seem to have really gone back to your roots. What was it that made you go back and rediscover your faith or reconnect with your faith? Well, I would say that it starts with extraordinary mentors like my grandparents who raised me. My grandfather was actually a very prominent imam or a leader of a Sunni mosque. But at the age of 60, he decided to convert to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And he left a position of prestige. He lost the adoration of many of his followers and his people to follow his heart. He took a band of 10 people and started his own mosque. And very soon after, the Ahmadi missionary that came from Pakistan was martyred. He was assassinated. And I remember the fear. My grandfather's life and the life of our family was at stake. But, you know, he showed not an ounce of fear. Instead, somehow, he showed like a deeper conviction to his faith. A faith that as a young child of, you know, maybe seven, eight, you know, I saw it was unshakable. And it drove his his very being, it drove his core, it defined him as a person. And he was this eloquent speaker, and he was always revered in, in the circles that he was with. And you know, when he passed away, I felt very driven to continue the work of peace and common ground between faiths that he started. And I think it's that same faith that I that I come back to and that I hold on today that sort of guides me through the, you know, tornado of obstacles that, that I face on a daily basis, it seems. I I I really appreciate how you um how you put that. Um peace and common ground because that's definitely one of the things we talk about a lot in Daughters of Abraham and I find that that's just a a lovely way to learn more about each other and to be inquisitive um, about each other's faiths and really a way to find commonality and there really is a lot of commonality um, at least between the three Abrahamic faiths um, Mm -hmm. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam and I said that in the order that they you know, kind of showed up on the planet. So outside your amazing pharmacy career or pharmaceutical career, you are also a very eloquent and amazing writer. Tell us a little bit about that side of your hobby or side gig or however you would like to put it. Um, and how you got involved in that. And then how did you become such a beautiful writer? Because you really are an amazing writer. Thank you. Well, honestly, it started where I had this foundation of, of, of religion and faith. But then, you know, like, like many youth, you know, I went off to university and I kind of lost my way. And it was only when my grandfather passed away, I got jolted back to reality. And then soon after I became pregnant with a baby girl, and I was overjoyed and elated, but I was scared, and the fear set in, and I realized that I was going to be a role model. I had to teach my daughter these morals and values and life lessons, but how was I supposed to do this when I didn't even know who I was, what were my values, 
And that's when I went back to my foundation, to my rock, my faith, and and the religion that I was taught as a child I now kind of looked upon with more mature eyes. And I started researching the meaning behind what I was taught. And in it, I found this kind of, you know, oasis, this, this spring that sort of, you know, calmed my, my being and my core. And, and that's kind of where it started for me, my religious and my spiritual journey. And it was then that I became connected with the um, Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Dallas. And there was a branch in Fort Worth. And so I started attending meetings there and going there regularly because I wanted my children to grow up with the, that kind of strong religious faith that I grew up with. And it was there that we started our very first, um, I was able to put together the very first interfaith symposium for the Fort Worth Women's Chapter. And that I was entitled Raising Tomorrow's Leaders, Mind, Body, and Spirit, because I was so consumed with raising children and raising my own. So that was the very first thing that I wanted to talk about. And so we had the Muslim, the Christian, and the Jewish women all come together talking about their religious teachings with regard to, you know, raising kids. And from there, a reporter from NPR radio, you know, found found me and she wanted to do an interview with me. And she connected me to the Multicultural Alliance and then to Janice Lord, the Daughters of Abraham. And that's how I became sort of woven into the network of these women of faith. And, I mean, each topic we discuss, we appreciate and we learn the differences between each other. But we're also able to, you know, unite on a common ground, which makes us stronger in our own faith. It makes us more determined to overcome the violence and the negative rhetoric that we confront in the media every day. And we do this through loving each other, through open dialogue and communication by getting to know the other in society. So that's where, you know, the Daughters of Abraham sort of came into my life and, and gave me new meaning. I really appreciate how you said that... Um, Daughters of Abraham really has made your faith stronger. Um, mm. It has done the same for me. And I love that it can can serve the individual like that and then serve the body, if you will, not the physical mm. body, but the, you know, body of, of God. Um, or, you know what I'm saying, like the, the people of the world. Um, mm. how, it can, how it can serve both the individual and then humanity. Um, yeah. I know sometimes, I don't know if this has happened to you, but sometimes we will have, cause we're not actually in the same daughters of Abraham group, but sometimes mm -hmm. we'll have a topic come up from month to month or, or however. Um, and it'll be, it'll say something like, okay, well, how is this demonstrated or talked about or dealt with in your faith? And it could be something as simple as water. What is the significance of water in your own faith? Yeah. And how mm -hmm. it has made me dig deeper and really think about, oh, well, what is the significance of water in my faith? And in the yeah. different, like, sides of Christianity, you know, we have different denominations. Mm -hmm. So what does water mean to the Catholic? What does water mean to the Methodist? What does water mean to the Baptist? And it runs mm -hmm. the gamut. And I would, pr I would 
presume that that is the case for you, that you would have to dig sometimes as well? Is that true? Oh, for sure. Yes, definitely. You know, I mean, the just the world in general and, and religion, there's so many different facets to each topic such that when, like you say, a topic is presented to you, you start thinking... I have no idea what my religion says about this. So you, <laughs> you dig deeper and you research and you're researching your own faith. And in coming, you find, you know, a wealth of knowledge that you didn't know existed. And so that definitely makes you stronger in your faith. And it makes you appreciate the religion that, that you belong to. But it also makes you appreciate the other person's religion as well. Because you see where they dug deep and they were able to find this material. And even though it's different, there's always that commonality. And I am just amazed every time that, um, you know, in Islam, we have two tenets, which is service to God and service to humanity. And I find that over and over in every religion, in in Christianity, Um, the reverend talks about it all the time. In Judaism, you know, in, in, with the Sikhs, with the Buddhists, it's it's the same that, that resonates amongst all these women. And I think that is what we need to unite as humanity. You're absolutely right. I read a book recently actually called Finding Joy, and it was done by Desmond Tutu, who is a Christian minister from Africa who lived through an apartheid, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama. And just there they are older men now obviously but great friends and just seeing their dialogue and how they are able to um find peace and commonality amongst their own beliefs um and then even sometimes because they're two hilarious old men um poke fun at each other and poke they're so close at this point they can poke fun at each other and fun at each other's faiths in a very good light-hearted well-meaning way like you would chide a brother or a sister and i think there's just a lot to learn there that the more you learn about people the more we can come together, and like you said, the more the more peace and comfort we can find. So I really appreciate that. Tell me a little bit about, you are a writer for the Fort Worth Moms blog, mm-hmm. and every, I feel like so many major cities now, even smaller towns are having their own moms blog, and somehow they're all connected. How did you get in with the Fort Worth Moms blog? How did you begin writing for them? And talk a little bit about what you're writing and how that has been received in the Fort Worth community. Well, part of our um, mission, if you will, like we said, we talked about, you know, finding the common ground. Yeah. And uh, the the founder of our community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, uh, founder of our community in 1889, and he declared almost 100 years ago that the age of religious warfare is over. The sword is replaced by the pen, which means that we believe in building bridges through dialogue, through open communication, just like we're doing right now. He authored many, many books. And so this has become our way where we fight extremism and violence through education. And we feel that people fear what they don't know. And that fear kind of leads to hatred, a community being marginalized you know, isolated, that leads to violence, radicalization, and extremism. So we feel that getting to the root of the problem is basically education because people fear what they don't know. And that is what my writing is about. And 
I came about in my writing, um, honestly, because um, I love books. My mom, actually, she was a very avid reader of medical thrillers, Robin Cook and espionage, Robert Lovelace. <laughs> I got into that reading, and I loved it. Um, she would barely buy a book before I would try and grab it before she read it and, and try and finish it. And my grandfather had this amazing library collection of of uh, religious books, not just Islamic, but like the Bhagavad Gita and, and mm-hmm. reviews of, of different religions. And he can quote verses from these from these books and from the Bible. And he was very well read, and he was, you know, sort of unmatched on the podium as well. He was a great orator, a wonderful speaker. And um, so that's kind of where my writing came from. And and I'm inspired by trying to counter this violence by peace with love and show a perspective of a Muslim woman living in America today, the challenges that we face, but at the same time showing that the challenges we face is is the same as the challenges that a Christian or a Jewish mother would face in today's society. At the end of the day, where a mother is trying to raise our kids and keep them away from harm, and we want the very, very best for them, and we have that in common. Um, one of my first pieces for the Fort Worth Moms blog was um, "Jitter to calm, Glitter to Calm the Jitter, you know, which was my first day of dropping my my uh, my little girl off to kindergarten, and how traumatic that was as a parent, <laughs> yes. leaving your daughter and you know, sort of walking away and looking at her with her you know sad eyes and wanting to just rush up and hug her and take her back home. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, and I knew that every other parent was feeling the same way. You know, I I stopped and I realized that. It wasn't just me. It was all the other mothers in the room were feeling the same way. And that kind of put me back into perspective again that, yes, I'm the only woman in the room wearing a hijab. Yes, I'm caring for my daughter. But so are the other mothers. You know, they weren't wearing a hijab, but they also feared for their, for their children as well. And I felt sort of bonded to them and to each other by just that one feeling, just by that one raw emotion. And that is similar amongst all of us. So I want to present to the community um, the struggles of a Muslim woman that is similar to everyone else, that maybe they can bring humanity to the other. Maybe they can you know, see us as part of, of mainstream society, as people wanting to help the community and be a part of it. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of this with our listeners, because I know not all of our listeners are involved with interfaith work. If someone isn't involved in interfaith work, no matter their religion, do you have a suggestion of how would be a good way for them to get involved if they're interested in it? And if maybe if they're not interested in it, I don't know what the question would be. I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I think for those who are interested and are ready to make that step, then it would definitely be to please come to a Daughters of Abraham meeting. You know, 
we're on the, the internet, you can Google us Daughters of Abraham, and there, there are four different, um, correct me, Susan, I think there are four different groups. I think you're and right. And uh, there's a, there's a full, there are two Fort Worth groups. There's a morning group that meets the last Wednesday of every month at 10 a.m. And there's an evening group that meets, I think, on Thursdays, a Thursday evening, mm-hmm. um, the third to Thursday evening, I think. And then there's one in Colleyville as well. And um, so definitely come to Daughters of Abraham group. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to say a single word. You can just Absolutely. Listen. You can feel the atmosphere. You're not pressured to say anything. I mean, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you don't have to, even mm-hmm. though you'll probably be wrapped up in a hug, you know. Yes. Um, and you can't help but smiling because everybody else is, and it's just contagious. Um, but you'll feel the warmth of the environment, and uh, you definitely will want to be a part of this this group. Women of faith, women of strength, you know, women who want to get out there and make a difference in this world. And for those of you who are not quite ready to make that step, I would say... Um, please jump onto my my blog page, uh, www.fortworthmomsblog.com, and, and read some of my articles. You can even make a comment. You can ask a question under the article, and I'd be happy to respond to you. Some people feel safer behind the screen of a computer, and that's okay. You know, feel free to ask a question, um, but do something. If there is, you know, an angst in you that you want to learn, you want to know more, but you are afraid, that is okay because courage is overcoming that fear. It's not the absence of it. So please jump on there, leave a message for me, and I would be happy to respond. Um, if you want to learn more about Muslims or who we are, um, there's another website called www.lajnausa.net, L-A-J-N-A-U-S-A.net, and you can jump on there and see all the different activities that the, the women the Muslim women are doing locally and on a national level, you know? Yeah. And I would also say, if you're not in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I know all over this country there are interfaith gatherings that are happening. I know the church I'm currently a member of, they have interfaith gatherings every now and again, and it's co-gender, it's not single gender. So if you're a man happening to listen to how she got here, conversations with everyday extraordinary women, um, <laughs> those exist as well. So it may take some digging on the internet. Again, you can always feel free to reach out to me and I can try to help you find something in your community. Sometimes it's a little difficult to find it, but they're there. They're there in so many pockets. You can find your people, if you will, who are interested in interfaith work. So yes, but Yes, if you're here locally in the Dallas, Texas area, please, please come to a Daughters of Abraham meeting. I want to jump out something totally outside the box real quick because you mentioned this earlier Mm -hmm. that you were an avid reader. What are you reading right now? (laughs) Or how many, what books are you reading? Because sometimes I'm guilty of reading a few books at a time. Right. Well, actually, you know, surprisingly enough, I've got this book on Ronald, on the president's it's called Four Presidents, and it's written by an ex-Secret Service member. So, and he writes in such a way that is very comical. You start learning a little bit about each of the presidents and, um, you know, things that you wouldn't otherwise, you know, come to the media. So it's quite funny, but it's also very informative. 
And so I find myself looking at history books now, which is a big change from my medical thrillers and espionage <laughs> days, you know. Um, I guess as, as life changes, your, your taste changes. I, I don't know, but I'm very wrapped in it. It's called For President. <laughs> well, I will, have to, I will have to look that up because um, I haven't heard of that one. And that's, that does sound pretty amazing that it was written by a former Secret Service agent because so many times they, you know, mum is the word. They don't, they don't talk a lot about it. So I would really like to know mm-hmm. how some of those presidents took their eggs in the morning. <laughs> Yes, for sure. And then I was, um, I just finished this book called Jerusalem. And it's really good. It's written by Karen Armstrong. And it was done once for a book club at the Daughters of Abraham, but I didn't, I admit I didn't read it at that time. And so I'm just finishing it. And it's a very intense book about um, how each of the faiths, you know, the importance of Jerusalem to each one of the faiths. And I was able to, um, I was invited by one of the TCU lecturers to come and lecture on that topic as well, as well as the Muslim woman living in in America. So that was another avenue of of advocacy that I was able to get involved in. That was very enriching and enlightening for me. You lectured at TCU. That's amazing. (laughs) Holy cow. I was invited. Uh, It's actually through the Daughters of Abraham. They reached out to them and then they reached out to me and, and so I was able to go, I was, um, the first time I was a panel of three women and we talked about, you know, Muslim women living in America and so sort of similar to what we, what I'm talking about today, some of the advocacy things that we're doing in the community to try yeah. and show, you know, to engender peace. And then again, um, about Jerusalem. So that was very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well and that, then, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I wanted to touch on, um, I know you asked me earlier about the Capitol Hill experience. Thank you for bringing that back around. Yes. And uh, that was amazing. You know, I, part of our communication is engaging our lawmakers. Mm -hmm. So I was part of educating others and I was very humbled to be a part, a delegate of about 80 women from 70 chapters throughout the United States. We flew to Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill. And we met with several state and Congress representatives and uh, in order to advocate for religious freedom for minority groups globally and in order to help us to help for them to help us support our loyalty to our nation campaign. So that was that was pretty amazing um, to see all these women, you know, in hijab um, on the eve of 9-11, you know, walking to Capitol Hill you know, trying to advocate for peace. That was, it was very empowering and it was an amazing experience. It was called the Loyalty to to Nation campaign? Yes, yes. Um, And that kind of came out of the 2015 San Bernardino shooting that occurred Uh uh, where we as Muslim women became really disturbed that a woman was radicalized to perform acts of terror So we as mothers started a campaign called Loyalty to Our Nation, where we became really committed to teaching the youth of our nation um, that loyalty is not just in the words that you speak, but in your actions by serving and integrating into our community. Our Holy Prophet Muhammad, um, on whom be peace, has taught us that love of nation is part of faith. 
And our leader, Hazrat Mirza Mashur Ahmed, who currently resides in London, has told us that, you know, irrespective of where you were born, because we are a large immigrant community, irrespective of where you're born, your loyalty lies in the country that you reside. And that immigrants should remain entirely faithful to their adopted nation and should use all of their abilities to help their country advance and prosper. So that is our agenda and that's how we go about, you know, um, promoting that campaign. How cool is that? That something so really phenomenal could come out of something so horrific. And I'm really sorry that that happened. I'm sorry for the Muslim community. I'm sorry for the American community. It just, Mm. it makes me so sad. And it really goes back to what you said about education and how just educating each other, not only on your own faith, but about other faiths and, and finding the common ground as often as possible because like you said we are really all at the end of the day just trying to do what's best for our kids and surely Mm -hmm. we can all do that together yes agreed um i have one more question i have Mm -hmm. one more question before i let you go um and everything that we've i'll I'll just say it now everything that we have mentioned here um websites and, and people and books to look up um, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes on the website um, after all of this is said and done. Um, but what is, I'll ask you two last questions. What is the one question that you get most often from, I, I would presume, non-Muslim people about your religion? I would say it's Farda or the hijab. Why do I wear the scarf? What's the meaning of the scarf? I get that quite a lot from people where they there's this misconception that we wear the hijab out of oppression or male dominance and especially what is being advertised in the middle in, in the media with the middle east you know people think that uh it's due to oppression and so that's a, a huge area that i can help to clarify where hijab is or head covering is actually, you know, a sign of modesty and dignity. And it helps to, it is written in the Holy Quran where a woman is supposed to cover her head and that intimate chest area. And it helps to prevent, um, you know, being cast as, as, as a sex object to be viewed at with dignity and respect rather than to be viewed, you know, for how you look to be viewed for your merit and what you say rather than what you, what you look like. So, and that's the inner, that's the outer covering of hijab. It also extends to your inner heart where hijab helps us to, you know, shield ourselves from immorality and negativity and hate and treachery. And, and so make ourselves into someone that's, that we want to be. And it doesn't mean that we are this person now. I tell people it's not like a superhero cape. I put it on and then I'm this <laughs> wonderful person. Um, I wish. No, it, it, it's not. It's, it means that I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in progress. I'm trying to get to my goal of being this person. This is who I want to be. And I'm trying every day when I put this on to be that better person. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think oftentimes, especially in the Christian faith, I think we forget that there are 
Christian denominations that used to cover their heads for different, re some of the same reasons, some different reasons, um, but all of it was with respect to God. I know the Catholic Church, obviously, nuns still cover their head. I know, I remember the pictures of Jackie Onassis, or Jacqueline Kennedy at the time, um, when mm -hmm. she went and met the Pope. You know, she covered her head as she walked into the Vatican. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes we forget that. And sometimes it's mm -hmm. easy to, again, judge or misconstrue what you don't understand. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, sure. You know, because you think of people like Mary, Mother of Jesus. You mm -hmm. think of Mother Teresa. Yep. Um, St. Julian of Norwich and Malala. And yep. when you look at those women, you think strength. You think, you know dignity, honor, and, you know, all of that, those good things that go with, with those women, and it's someone you'd want to emulate, someone you'd want to be. You're absolutely correct. Now, last question. Is there anything mm -hmm. I have missed, or is there anything you wanted to <laughs> chat about or share that I forgot to ask? Well, um, we've actually recently acquired our building, a mosque at uh, 2801 Miller Avenue in Fort Worth. Congratulations! And, and I know, it's very exciting. We, we had our Fort Worth chapter for the last eight years, and we did not have an actual building. So now it's just it's all formalized. We've got a building there. I mean, we're part of this global organization, but we had just started our chapter. And there, every Wednesday, we have a program called Coffee, Cake, and Trail Islam. For those of you in the Fort Worth area who just, you know, never met a Muslim or just have questions, it's very informal. There's no agenda. You can come by and just, you know, ask your question. Um, coffee and cake would be provided for you, and we can chat in a very informal setting. And it's just part of our Ask a Muslim campaign, reaching out to the community and uh, trying to, you know, show that we're, we're here and we'd like to spread a message of peace. Well, that is awesome, and I will make a note of that in the show notes as well. Angelina, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and sharing a little bit about your faith um, and how you've gotten connected into interfaith and how you got to Texas. It's a beautiful story, and just keep writing and keep doing what you're doing because it's amazing, and I'm just oh, happy to know you. you. I, I appreciate that, Susan. I really, really do. I hope that, that maybe some of my words would reach someone and be able to, to change their heart or, or help them to reach out. Yes, ma'am. We'll community. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, friend. Okay. I will chat with you soon. Okay. Thank you, Susan. Have Thanks. a good day. You too. Goodbye. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed our two-part episode on Daughters of Abraham and that it has inspired and encouraged you. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, you can find it over at HowSheGotHere.com. How She Got Here can also be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And while you're there, don't forget to hit subscribe. I would also really appreciate it if you would give us a rating and review, as it makes it easier for others to find. Until next time, I'll see you soon.